It's happening to you again. This is Idiots versus Idiots. You are listening to a podcast about business and marketplace news. The big man gets really all up in arms if I don't say business and marketplace news. He's well, very particular. it's happening to you again. What are we, you know, torture? <laughs> is it torturous? Is this show torture? Is that what it is? It's happening to you again, folks. You've done it to yourself. You've made us, uh, well, quasi-popular. Can I say quasi-popular? Well, I mean, you know, live I, from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> so you've definitely done it to yourself. That's all I'm saying. So I just, and our first story is great because I can really relate. The city, the CEO of City, um, CITI, like Citibank. Yeah, um, and they're just City now. Uh, says that there's a something called Zoom fatigue. Uh, this <laughs> podcast is recorded over Zoom, and I'm always fatigued <laughs> by doing it. So, okay, let, it sucks out I, my life force. It's like I've joined a cult. So if you've if you've watched this podcast before, you know how this mostly works, right? For the most part, Danny decides the shows. He sends me links to some of the articles about the shows, and then I do a little bit more research because I can't on down Dan, I can't count on Danny to do any. So you know what that I is find an unfair is, characterization. <laughs> what I find uh, funny about today's journalism is journalism used to be this this art form right when you would read the newspaper or whatever it was done in proper grammar it was capitalized properly and look and again i'm not a grammar nazi i i i I hate grammar i do i you know i'm not good at it or whatever he's from texas what are you expecting (laughs) my point though is is the the headline of this article reads city might have no zoom fridays because uh WFH isn't all roses, okay? Now, here's the point. Well, no, that's the headline. That's the headline I put in our document. The headline of the actual article is City CEO Institute's Zoom Free Fridays encourages vacations to combat virus-related fatigue. Okay, but here's the point. The point I have is there was a couple of, because I looked this up, there were several articles that said City might have no Zoom Fridays, and then the very first sentence of the article is, Chief Executive has banned Zoom calls on Fridays. Like, it's an immediate, like, oh, this is a great, this is my issue with headlines, and here's my point, is we now now live, and it's one of the reasons I like doing this show, is we now live in a headline-driven marketplace, right? Yes. We scroll through, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, whatever, and we read the first sentence, the headline of that article, and think we know what it is. Right, it's all clickbait, yeah. And it can be 100% misleading. But uh-huh. now, in this case, we're talking about what are we talking about? We're talking about the fact that, and look, Zoom fatigue is this a real thing? Um, I actually looked up some some. Has there been any studies? Because we've heard this. This is a new term. Gotta love the English language. We make up crap all the time. Well, Zoom fatigue, um, right? And according to the Psychiatric Times, it turns out that oh, that's a credible source. Look at you. Yeah, Psychiatric Times. According to them. They're not embracing that there is anything like Zoom fatigue. They're making the argument that if there is, okay, what they think might be causing it, and one and and this kind of makes sense. It essentially says it turns out that the millisecond delay between the virtual verbal responses negatively affect our interpersonal perception and distrust. So. Okay. If we're talking to somebody in person and I ask you a question and you think about it, I can get that. It's psychological clues that, all right, you're about to lie to me, right? You, you, right. you hesitated. 
we obviously were we now looking at a world where okay everything is a hesitation because it takes a certain amount of time for it to go back and forth and that kind of stuff lags so I, I i can see it right from a distrust standpoint from a but is that really zoom fatigue or were we always sitting in too many meetings to begin with yeah so i'm 100 percent about meeting fatigue i don't we're gonna die by doing meetings so like the, the biggest thing for me was when I went from being a full-time entrepreneur, which is just a code word for being broke, um, <laughs> to working in an office, which is just a code word for I finally had health insurance. Uh, Speaking I, the American language right there. Which, which is all of what I'm saying is entirely facetious because I've always purchased my own health insurance. The one time I did go work in an office, I didn't get health insurance from them. So Nobody cares, Danny. You don't have to stick up for yourself. You don't have to backtrack. Well, I, okay. Nobody well, cares. Uh, the, biggest, the biggest pain point I had going to that office was sitting in meetings. They were useless. I didn't care. And I happened to work in an office that was, uh, you know, I was, at a, I was a project manager, but my cohorts were all women. That's fine. Um, but the, pro the, the point where it was irritating for me was I would go sit in meetings and they're talking about some show where it's like a, it was a Netflix show about cheerleaders. I'm like, I can't either. I can't even admit to having watched the show without seeming pervy. And I didn't watch the show because I don't care. Um, so there's no way for me to engage in this dialogue. I, I'm either out of the contextual loop and therefore out of the group. Um, or I'm a perv for having watched the show about high school cheerleaders. <laughs> so there was no, but that was just a, my personal beef. But right. Well, yeah. but look, I I don't look. I don't know that Zoom fatigue is a thing. People have always talked about. There's endless jokes made about meetings and corporations and and big business and right and like middle management makes it. You know, are you bored? Are do you not have anything to do? Are you feeling lonely? Call a meeting, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, look, middle management meetings. There, this is what they do. Whatever. I forget um, what I forget what publication. Sorry to interrupt you because uh, yeah, whatever you were saying was killing me very slowly. Um, <laughs> There were, I forget what publication it was from, but a guy took, he just took a set of pre-recorded responses and inserted them into a meeting and just didn't go to the meetings. And oh, it was... Just make was, noises. Well, yeah, so like, it was for a, it, you know, it was, it was for some sort of journalistic, publica journalistic publication of quotes. And he did it as a project where he's like, okay, now he's going to reveal to everybody that this whole time I've been... For one week straight, I just sent you pre-recorded responses to things, and I had my camera off and I was doing other things. Um, uh -huh. I'll try to find that and link it in the description if I care or bother or recall to do so. But I, I, and thankfully, you know, I w my last office job, I had a lot of conference calls. Uh, right. And Which are I, so, the same thing. Conference yeah. calls were Zoom meetings before, yeah. right? Like and. As best as I can surmise, it's a particular kind of hell, right? Um, I despise so, them. I always despise so, them in corporate listen, America. I, I, I despise doing a podcast over Zoom. The biggest reason, like... He doesn't. Old, he he's a complainer. He's, an old, no, like, he's an old man I, complainer. No, I despise I'm a, I'm doing young, them over Zoom. Anything that's young, supposed to be the better... I am uh, you a know, young, optimistic, hopeful person okay? lies Li he's lying to you folks take it he is easy. lying take, take it to you easy folks. Go ahead. Oh, okay well 
So I'm just saying, I thought it was interesting that, and, and there's one line in here that I think is the more, more pertinent line than Zoom Free Fridays, and I'm going to quote it directly, um, that the CEO is banning Zoom calls on Friday and is urging employees to take vacation in order to combat the relentlessness of the pandemic mm -hmm. workday. Right. Since the beginning of uh, Dos Equis and now the, that there's a large swath of workers, I think it's something like 30% of workers in America are going to now be work from home people and partial or, or partial office attendants, attenders, um, that there is now a relentlessness to their workday where it would to, to surmise is to say, or to, you know, whatever is basically that, People are now just working all the time. And that's an we interesting... We talked about that previously. Yeah, right? and, but I think it's... Here's what I do think is, is actually not happening. Here's what I think is happening is that people are not working all day. They're just working in bursts, right? Well, productivity is definitely up. We talked about yeah. it in the is the 9 to 5 dead, right? Or right, whatever. Yeah. People are working probably when their kids are asleep instead of being forced to work when their kids are awake or, or whatever. They're being more productive. I... My, my question with this kind of story is always, why does the CEO of City care about what's going on right now? Like, why, like when they come out with a statement like this, they're not yeah. just sitting at home going, oh, how does my hundreds of thousands of employees feel about their Zoom meetings? Like, yeah. what's being driven? Is there some kind of, uh, you know big lawsuit out there right now about how people are working too many or was hours. There, is there a pending is there, or uh, was there a, a potential litigation? Absolutely. You know, where they're, where they're being, you know what I mean? Where they're being forced to say something, get out in of front of Of course we're speculating. Of course we're speculating. This is idiots for idiots. But, but when, when a big CEO comes out and says, y'all are working too hard, everybody oh, needs to right. take Fridays. Oh, by the way, and here's the deal. Uh, we want you to not have Zooms on Friday unless you're dealing with customers that require it, right? Like, so Zoom-free Fridays, but not if you have clients that need to talk to you on Friday. So not right. everybody gets out. They are designating May 28th as a firm-wide holiday for a city reset day. So they're giving everybody yeah. the day off on May 28th, right? Now, this is here's, – here's one part I thought was really funny of one of the stories that I picked up. It yep. says this comes out one day prior – to Goldman Sachs chief executive officer telling employees in a voice memo that he would further enforce its Saturday rule barring employees from working from 9 p.m. Friday to 9 a.m. Sunday, which is essentially the Sabbath, right? Not, not that they're calling it that, and I don't know right. if it has anything to do with religion, but... You know, so Goldman Sachs encourages their employees apparently to not work from Friday night to Sunday morning. Now, I, I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like again, how does that happen? Like what what caused? Well, I mean, I'm any so, company? Yeah, I, it's all so perplexing. But there could have been, and you know, this is something we probably talked about before. Is like you know when we talk about Twitter or something else. Mm -hmm. Sometimes CEOs are. Could be, you know, they're generally disconnected, perhaps, from the day-to-day -day operations of their business, absolutely, because therefore their their thought, their thinking is mostly focused on driving the vision for growth or whatever. That being said, I think they're starting to see that, like, whoa, my my middle management is really crunching down on workers to push productivity because of middle management. How do you move up when you're a middle manager? 
you got to push and force down on the, the, the your underlings. It's all stat driven, right? Yeah, because it's not so performance driven because the performance is done by the employees, right? Exactly. So it's stat driven of those employees. Exactly. Right? So that putting that into that context helps you understand that perhaps they're going. Listen, you can't drive our workers this hard because they're going to burn out and leave. Um, and that is. You know, that's uh, that's possibly what's going on here. Well, employee um, retention, I will say this about corporations in, let's say, the last decade. They seem to have finally, after decades of bad thinking, figured out that employee retention is much better than hiring someone to replace you constantly. That, yes. that employee education is much more expensive. It is right. way better for the company. It's way better for performance. It's way better for customer satisfaction to retain employees. Now, I'm not saying that they've done everything that they could do as no. far as a annual raises and benefits and things like that that they could because it is still statistically the best way to get a raise is to change jobs. Like right. that is still in today's world the best way to get a raise. Uh, so they haven't figured it out from a monetary standpoint, right. but they've done other things to try and retain employees. So I used to live in the, you know, one of America's bigger cities for finance, which was the Minneapolis-St. Paul General area. Two huge banks are headquarters out of there, U.S. Bank and Wells Fargo. And they used to, I know guys who would go from one bank to the other, and they're, they're climbing the social ladder like this. Exactly. They're crisscrossing. They go spend two years at one. They go to the other place to get a raise. It's just too hard to get, there's too hard to bump up. But then they go, oh, this is our competitor. So you'd see guys crisscrossing. I've done it myself. I worked for both of the organizations. Uh, one is better than the other. I'm not going to say which one. But it's UX Bank. But uh, you know, um, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, well, you can make that you shouldn't have to do that, right? Your your company knows how good you are at your job. You should not. Yeah, you're right. Should not well, have well, to do that. I mean, but it they is don't what have it is. To, they don't have to hire you. They hired you for a specific job. They don't have to promote you. They don't have to do that. So, um, well, and of course they came out because you know City is a publicly traded company, so they had to add in the needing the rest is not a sign of weakness, and right. everyone is feeling the weariness. It doesn't mean anything. We're not weak. We don't need this time, but we're gonna take it right. Like right. I love how they always balance these statements. You know what I mean? Like, well, listen, take the time off because you need it. But all I, you stockholders out there, we're, we're not yeah. tired. We're gonna right, be fine. Right. I, but on a on a more personal note, listen. I I think that if you want to get there's this thing in business like in entrepreneurship, this hustle culture. Like, I'm gonna wake up at 4 a.m. I'm gonna go to bed at 2 a.m. But but the point is, my friend, you're gonna get diminishing returns. You're, oh yeah. The the quality of your product. If you know, I'm a more of a for and it's not laziness. I understand that the body, the mind, the soul, everything needs rest. You have to shut it off for a while. You need a little bit of leisure in your life. That doesn't mean like, and I hate the phrase self care because you know, I'm not a it blonde too, woman yeah. trying to pitch vitamins on Instagram <laughs> by using my butt. But, but we should have a big man vitamin coming out soon. <laughs> I, I, but anyway, go ahead, go ahead. But I'm just saying that, you know, like there is a there is an argument to be made that for centuries humanity have, have observed some sort of in usually in a religious context period of rest and that is good for you. Um yeah. and that, that that hustle mentality of I'm gonna go and I've and I I'm still that person, right? Uh but at some point I realize I'm not actually doing anything, I'm just keeping myself busy. 
And for me, it's been, you know, on a personal note, it has been more like I have to just remove the guilt of like, I just need this time to relax. I had a, I had a surgery last year. It was kind of a, I wouldn't use the word traumatic, but it was a rough go. And afterwards, I'm like, they're like, you need a minimum six weeks recovery period. So I was like, okay, for six weeks, I'm not going to do anything. Right? Yeah. I think it, I think it, look, I think it boils down to you, right? I have people that work with me that, that they are what I would put in that category of a hustler in yeah. that they work 24 7. And that particular person that I'm thinking about, I couldn't see them succeeding in any other way. It's their right. personality type. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. believe more like you that, look, I need actually more balance the other way. If you want me to be the most productive I can be, I yeah. need to have more time with my wife and kids, more time right, with right, right. doing other things. So that yeah. when no, I'm I need time away from my family in order to be productive. <laughs> when, But this is where I get into from even a business and entrepreneur standpoint, I think it's very self-reflective. This whole buy a business book and do exactly what that business book to succeed is bullshit, right? It's bullshit because it may not apply to you and your personality type or your structure in life. And so like if you are – and this is – we're just going to close out with these thoughts here. But if you are just entering the world of entrepreneurship, personal finance or any of these things – I used to say this quote all the time when I was a trainer in the you know uh, network marketing kind of industry. Like, mm-hmm. you can walk into at that time you could walk into a bookstore, and you can go look at the personal finance section, the entrepreneurship or business section, and there are dozens, if not you know hundreds. tens of dozens, hundreds of books on how to succeed in every single one, and and whatever avenue, whether it's personal finance or Kiyosaki says go go accrue a bunch of debt. Dave Ramsey says, don't take a single penny of debt, pay <laughs> off your debt. Yep. And the point is, both of them are wealthy men, right? Absolutely. And so, and, you know, ostensibly, and both of them by telling people what to do with their money, but nonetheless, they are wealthy. So there, there is a, there is, before you go on that journey of personal finance or entrepreneurship or trying to build wealth, you have to take a moment to ask yourself, who am I? What motivates me? What activates me? Absolutely. What gets me moving? Because that's a question that you have to ask. You have to answer that question first. Because I love Robert Kiyosaki. He adds so much value to my journey as an entrepreneur. Sure. But I am a debt-averse person. And it took a little bit of time for me to understand I'm a personal debt-averse person. I am happier renting an apartment. Uh, rather than putting a down payment down in a house and carrying a 30 or 15 year note. Which is completely stupid to me, by the way. Well, I'm that's the direct fine. opposite of that. But that's fine. again, we both but can be right to no, our personal financial so, situation. Exactly. But not afraid of taking on debt to buy an income producing asset. Right. That to me is logical. Right? right. Going out leasing a car, Dave Ramsey would poison uh, your, your lunch <laughs> if you went and leased the car. But I think there's. There's times in which that is a logical decision to owning, to having a vehicle. Not Absolutely. always logical. It's not always logical. It depends on the payment, depends on the car, depends on the terms, depends on why you're leasing it. But I'm saying I'm a person who is generally debt averse, who goes, ah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of logic to a lot of this stuff because it's, it's a numbers game. And if you understand how the numbers are moving, right. you can benefit from debt in a particular way. That's well, all to say. and to wrap this back real quick before we move on, this the city, this whole, uh, this whole press release, this whole several articles written about it is one hundred, in my opinion, meaningless. 
It's it's an ad thing. Who yeah. the people that need to work on Fridays are still going to work on Fridays. The, well, the they're managers, still going to have Zoom Fridays, you know. They're right. They're, they're still well, but they're still going to have meetings. If the, if anybody feels there's nothing in here saying they're changing their policies and procedures of work. If a right. manager still needs or feels that they need to call a Zoom meeting on Friday, they're going to call it. it right. there, there's nothing. This is one of those fluff pieces where. Hey, that sounds like a great idea that says we're for our employees. Right. So let's put it out there that we're doing this. It's but it's called, not going to affect anybody that, that this called is what earned, they do. It's called earned media. Right. They this The CEO said it. There were 15 or 20 articles went out that they didn't have to work to get. And now the biggest and fastest growing business and marketplace news podcast, Idiots versus Idiots, is now talking about it. It's all buzz, baby. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, I want to tell you about something. I'm not sure if you know this about idiots versus idiots. Oh, we are death peddlers. That is right. We peddle the death of plastic pollution. Not only does liquid death murder your thirst, 10% of every can sold goes to end plastic pollution. And frankly, my friends, it is a superior watery delivery system. Use code idiots10 on liquiddeath.com and you will get two free koozies with your order. Are you ready for the next story, big man? I am, I am but I, I got to say, just because we are a business and marketplace, the fact that we got Liquid Death as a sponsor and and their whole marketing Liquid Death uh-huh. being water yeah. or whatever yeah. is wonderful to me. Like, I appreciate it so much. True story. I was a huge fan of Liquid Death and their marketing before we got them as a sponsor. Interesting yeah. fact. I was so enthralled by their marketing i sent the video to big man and i said isn't this hilarious and six months later we ended up starting a podcast and three months later after that i of course you know i track down all the stories i do all the copywriting i i write all the ad reads um all this other stuff in addition i got us the sponsors so and doesn't complain at all folks i never complain. complain i'm just informing i'm just reminding everybody who's doing all the heavy lifting here that's so, a fat joke. Go ahead. It's not a fat joke, but I do want to talk about something. Uh, March Madness, uh, now we're into April here, but the expectation, the projected spend on March Madness gambling. Well, March you Madness just, is not completely over. We haven't played not, the, the, no, 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 no. I don't, can't tell you something. Final Four, but all right. March is okay. over. March is over. March is uh, over. First, first of all. Uh, second of all, I don't watch basketballs. You don't watch most balls. Uh, it's correct. Balls, I don't watch any balls. Not interested in balls. Not a big fan of balls. That's your thing. Not. I'm not judging your choices. This is America. We're all God's children. God bless. Well, and we, I'm look, not into balls. We, we didn't just jump into being a sports show. What he's really no. talking about is March Madness betting. Okay? That's right. That's that's what he's talking about. Is March Madness betting now and now apparently legal in twenty five states? I did not right. know that until we started right. looking at this. Vi- I mean, I knew it was legal in several places, but um, I did not know that half so, the country was now able to bet. I'm going to tweet Governor Abbott and see if we can't do something about getting a little more. Yeah, good luck with that. Texas ain't uh, Texas will be one of the last states to do it. Just I just know, out of spite. You know what I mean? It makes me. It makes. There's only one thing that the state lacks, and it's Las Vegas. So, well, you know, and, and look, here's the deal. Look, the this, and you've talked about this before. We've said this before. Any state that has lottery, any state yeah. that has bingo, uh, right, right, right. pool tabs, all these different gambling s things, and yeah. don't legalize gaming is the dumbest thing in the world, right? Like, right. It doesn't, you're, you're it doesn't hypocritical, make any sense. right? Yeah. But if you can buy deal. a Powerball ticket in Texas, which you can, you can, right? Why can't you? Can, you 
place a small wager. And there's other things in Texas that are defined as they're borderline gambling. If you open up a, uh, a card room in Texas, you have to get county permission or city permission. They're getting loopholes under the club, yeah. right? Like yeah, you it's can, a club. Like the house doesn't yeah. take a rake. Yeah, right. If you don't rate the how the they make money them. is through memberships and hourly yeah. fees and stuff like yeah. that. So there's there's some of that. And, that, that. and as long as those don't get too crazy, they probably won't crack. But look, here's the thing. At March Madness, you've got your two big players in this that are the ones that expand. you got DraftKings, yep. which uh, went public not too terribly long ago. Well, it went public. It's DKNG. It's currently about $63. And you have Barstool Sports. Now, Barstool Sports um, uh, is is not necessarily a publicly traded company. It was acquired by a publicly traded company, PENN, Penn National yeah. Gaming, right? It was acquired. I don't think they were totally acquired. I think it was only a part. Yeah, it was 36%, right, back yeah. in January of 2020. Um, right. But so with a contract that if Barstool Sports ends up continuing to grow, that they can get a bigger chunk for a set right. price, right, which is how a lot of acquisitions. But yeah, and they get to be part of a publicly traded company. And since um, Barstool Sports, which is the app, right, the app, the application betting, the betting on your yeah. phone, right, that kind yeah. of stuff. Barstool um, Bets, I think it is. Yes, and since uh, that acquisition, Penn's prices are up over four hundred percent. It's one hundred and seven dollars right. a share. So yeah. you this this application betting, online betting, betting on your phone, this kind of thing. March Madness just happens to be the current big my, part of it. My illustrious co-host, huge. he mean just means app. He doesn't mean application like you fill out an application. Okay. Application is what for a app job at for. Kmart. Application is what app stands for. I know. My That's point, I know. Though, is, okay. I know. All right. Well, you're just a hundred years understand. old. Generation Xers understand what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. yeah. Calm down, you millennial. All right. Okay. I, well, the point though is, is we're talking about in 2019, which everybody compares 2019 because in 2020 yeah. everything shut down. Yeah. So in 2020, 2020 was a gap year. 2020 were, is not a real yeah. year. There were almost 37 million bets done through some kind of app right 37 wow. million bets now think about that's not the dollar amount that's just how many bets there were yeah that's I wild mean, you're talking about even if it was averaged out to ten dollars a bet you're talking yeah. about a, a quarter of a trillion dollars right of money wow. betting online and it yeah. was way more than that right so it's it's considered to just continue to go um they're estimating in 2020 that 31 million bets are going to be made in march alone because of the widespread of these, right? The widespread of these going to new states, new places, right. that kind of stuff. And and barstool, uh, barstool bets or the barstool sports book. I think those are two different things. But the barstool sports book is slowly going to every all twenty five states where where sports betting is legal. They will be in all twenty five states. Their their merger with Penn National Gaming. And 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 Portnoy said this from the beginning. He said the goal was to be in in gambling, sports betting was the goal, right? Right. And and the the content side of it, which is what Chernin, which is their initial investor, was what Chernin acquired. What they what they were investing in was the content, but their goal was always gambling. <laughs> so that's interesting. Well, that, look, and here's the deal. The the problem with online betting traditionally has been 
and their their glass ceiling of making money is online betting started out very specific, right? Who wins this game, right? Here's the spread, here's whatever. But that's not where Vegas or any of these other sports books makes their money. They they make their money on um I'm I'm forgetting the term right now. It's um ah uh, come on. It's uh not position mm. proposition bets where they make okay, their money prop is called bets. proposition bets prop where bets, you can yeah. bet on like uh uh what was it um uh baseball started this week right first yeah. day you could bet on what did the new york yankees are going to be the first team to hit a home run during the first game you okay. could yeah, so sucker are prop bets. bets right sucker well bets, yeah. But if they hit, they hit because they're big. They're big, huge numbers. You can pick which pitcher is going to, you know, throw the first game. You can do whatever. So I'm, I'm not a gambler at all. I've never gambled in my entire life. However, <laughs> let's just presume I know, I know a friend who used to gamble a lot. Uh huh. And uh, that friend would go play a lot of blackjack, and they always on a lot of blackjack tables they'll have on some where this friend of mine that I know. It, Deep, deep term, you know, endearing terms about like, but he, he would go and sometimes they'd have the over under bet, and sure. any of the degenerate gamblers know that that is, it's a sucker bet. It's a sucker bet. It's a sucker at one hundred percent sucker bet. But when it hits, but that person bet a lot on the over under and was a, was correct a lot, uh, and so that person you know bought a Pontiac Bonneville because he was correct on over under bet. Well, I, yeah, I, the 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 uh, Super Bowl wasn't too long ago, and I had a buddy that lost twenty k because he bet on the coin toss, heads or tails. You talk about a prop bet. Uh, uh, yeah, you pick one. He lost twenty grand. He bet tails. 50, 50. It was heads. Okay, hey. but still, that's. I mean, that's what. That's where Vegas makes its money, right? Is the proposition yeah. bets. You yeah. know, which wide receiver is going to do this? Who's going to have the first touchdown? Right, Who's right, going right. to have? Because they can have endless. They can have endless, endless bets and people generating those bets and money and their ultimate money. So what's made is now these these apps have now become more of a wide, you know what I mean, widespread sports book, and it's right. opened up these proposition type bets, right, and this kind of stuff. So you can have a state out there, and I'm sure there's several of these 13 new states that that even though they don't have a casino in their state yet, they've approved. Online no. betting, yeah, right. And so and then, yeah, and I just think that the that's only half the country. Okay, it's that it might half. not, it might not even be half. But what I mean is like half the states, because you know, fifty percent of America's population lives in two counties. So, right. Well, and look here. Here's the point. It, it's going to grow, right? Yeah, and then these stocks are going to reflect that growth because of it's course. all about income. Right, and that. And we're not stuff. here to give stock advice, but we're just saying, hey, hypothetically speaking, I'm not here to give stock advice, but I can also spot trends. Again, uh, I would never tell anybody what to do with their money, but I'm um, saying is, well, yeah. uh, you know, you would never tell anybody what to do with their money, except every time before we start these Zoom calls, you force me to go through my budget, personal budget, and talk about where <laughs> I've spent money this week. Like you're my dad. Okay, I'll go back to the fact that one of us is a uh, you know successful businessman, yeah. and the other one is jealous. Now, which one of us is which? I never say, yeah. but right. I'm just saying that's all it is. I'm um, only Indian part of the you know America uh, cross section of America that you know tends to be pretty wealthy. So, <laughs> and one of us is wearing a cow. You one of us is wearing a cowboy hat. So we'll figure out who's who. Woohoo! Oh. Right. 
Well, I just no. The reason I included the story, I am not a sports person. Don't care about sports at all. I've talked about this. Don't care about balls. I'm not in it. That's your deal. God bless you. But I don't care. But when I saw that figure, eight point five billion dollars. Yep. I'm into that. I'm into any like I. If I could bet on MA, I would do it. Right. Well, and that's all of this. I mean, that people yeah. think football, they think basketball, but yeah. baseball you can bet on is anything. big betting. Yeah. You know what I mean? MMA they is will big take betting. your money. The uh, any of these betting uh, outfits will take your money for anything. Well, right? and look, and they look Vegas. That you know, they say Vegas always wins. I don't know what alien calculation they have going on in Vegas where they come up with all these odds and they move them during the week yeah. based on betting and all this. And you have all these different sports betting podcasts out there that all have their theories right. and their, you of know course. what I mean, whatever. But man, oh man, there are people that make a crap ton of money betting and there's people that lose a crap ton of money betting. The point is, is an app like Barstool Sports or DraftKings or whatever, they're right. making money whether you lose or win, right? It's all about right. transaction fees and advertising yeah. and whatever. Of course. They're so going to figure out how to get money paid. either way. That's and totally if right. they're making money and you're an investor in those companies, you're making money too, right? So right. I, I think, right, I, I look, I'm a big fan of actually the DraftKings app. I think they have with their, because we are a business and marketplace news podcast they have done very well with their business marketing and things uh, things of that True. nature they have gone full into fantasy football which we all right. know is king it right that's why it's called draft kings is it started yeah. out as a fantasy football type of app where you can you know do your fantasy well, football on i mean it? i think they they knew they, they they were a little um they had a little bit of a prediction. They were betting that sports, uh, online sports betting was going to become more and more prevalent, more legal. And so they realized if we establish ourselves as an incumbent player and we turn on the betting side of things, which is what people really want to do, that they would build that on. It's something that the big man talks about all the time that makes me want to go to sleep uh, under a bridge the rest of my life. Well, if you build yourself at hard, I just tell you hey, what. You know it's true. That's that's true. the only reason. Okay, it's true, but I don't want to hear you talk about it anymore. But the fact is, is if you, you just said it, if if I can build people that want to bet yes. in the fall on football, they're going to want to bet in the spring on baseball yep. or uh, on basketball. They're going to yep. want to bet in the summer on baseball, and that's so right. on and so forth. So okay. it's it's you know, and the the thing about gamblers is they want to gamble. Well, I and think, it never stops. Yeah. They want to gamble on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Yeah. So, so they did. They found their people, and that's what got it. And now you're talking about a billion dollar industry that really only has two big players in it, right? right. And and the way they're going forward, look, you don't have these Las Vegas casinos trying to build one in Austin, Texas. It's oh. too expensive. The land's too expensive to build. It's too expensive. It's too expensive to maintain. But if Texas was ever going to allow it's going to be these apps, right? Yeah. And then just tax it. And that's what it is about these states, right? Which is why I say Texas will be one of the last. The states that get on board with this very quickly, they, look, 
probably if you were to look at the states that need money, it's a lot yeah. of these states on this list, right? Right. Because you need money, you need taxes on this, you need to pay a fee, whatever. Right, uh, right, right. Texas doesn't quite need it. It's one of the reasons you don't have a lot of things in Texas because the argument is always, well, do this and you get this, right? right. From you a state got, you, standpoint, whatever. You, yeah, you get a taxable result or you can tax right. on something. Texas is not one of those states that and it's quote, a, unquote, and it, it bums money. me out. It bums me out because I hate having to charter a jet or you know something mm-hmm. like that. If I'm trying to go up to the Windstar, to, uh, I'm saying my friend right, who likes right, to gamble. Right. He wants to go throw some cards around. He has to fly up to Windstar. I mean, who's mm-hmm. who's getting in the car and making a four-hour drive? You know, only a degenerate <laughs> does that. He has to go play on a on a on a gambling boat somewhere in Louisiana or somewhere on the Redneck Riviera in Alabama. How did that happen? Like the the, the river boats and, and people. If you don't know, if you ever gamble in Louisiana, the only place that it's legal is technically on the river. So you right. have these hotels that are built on riverbanks. You walk right. down a big ramp to go from the hotel to the gambling casino, which is technically floating on the river, yeah. but it's really not. It's a stationary object. Well. But it makes it legal in Louisiana, so, so that it does. The the logic uh, is it's simply this much. It, you know, the the government is like an organism, and every time it makes a law, it's like you broke an arm. Your muscles in your body, if you break an arm, will compensate for that broken arm in one way or another. Sure. And so this is the government said you can't have a casino on the land, but the waterways on the other hand. <laughs> Riverboat gambling, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Nonetheless, I do want to talk about something very important. Uh, you know, the Up Yours Club. Woohoo! Uh, you know, we are debuting our exclusive club, which is now open to anyone. It's free to join. All you have to do is give us your email address. You can go to upyoursclub.com um, and you can send us a one time tip or an ongoing non tax deductible donation. Now, you have to talk to your tax attorney to determine if this donation is taxable or non-taxable or whatever, a tax deductible. I can't tell you if it is or isn't. How you choose to fill out your taxes is not mine and Danny's business. That's That's all I'm saying. If you choose to even fill them out all together because taxation is theft. So (laughs) I wanted to ask you if you're familiar with something. uh, Go Puff. Now, if I said the word go puff to you and I said it's an app and it delivers things to your house, you would think, was this app started by Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg? That's right. All right. Well, are we talking Snoop, no- Snoop Dogg, Puff Puff Give? What are we talking about here? No, I- puff Puff Pass. Puff Puff Pass. Why are you so old? Puff, I did it on purpose give? just because I knew it would irritate the crap out of you. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go Puff. Isn't that the Harry Potter thing? No. That, that's not the Harry Potter thing? No. So, uh, GoPuff is a digital convenience store backed by uh, SoftBank. And uh, this mm-hmm. weekend, so this is being recorded, uh, you know, at the, at the beginning of April. And uh, right now on Hulu, you can go watch the documentary about WeWork. WeWork's largest investor was a company called SoftBank, SoftBank. of Japan. It was a huge $47 billion flop. Now, this app called GoPuff, the digital convenience store, sounds like a cannabis mobile dispensary to me, (laughs) but apparently it's not. It's a huge bummer. 
Well, but look, here, here's what I like about it. The story actually is, and, and Danny sent me this story, and the, the story actually is, is two college kids out of Philly, right, decided to Terrible start town, this company. Terrible town, good sandwiches, but the whole town is stupid. <laughs> started it smells this like a sewer. Where they're going Philadelphia to start smells like a sewer. Delivering things to a bunch of their college, you know what I mean, kids. Crap started with other booze, places. right? The fact that I didn't know there was a delivery app that delivers in my city that I can just download. And it's worth nearly $10 billion, which, you know, the government printed so much money last year. Valuations, cost of goods, nothing's going to make sense in the next 10 years because it's going to be inflated all high heaven. It already the, doesn't make sense. I, it's, yeah, it's already through the sky. It, none of it makes sense. We've talked about that like crazy. You know, I do look, I, the, the quote from this article I think is great. And again, going back to the digital convenience store, the, the different aspect versus right. DoorDash and Postmates and stuff. We have people from all walks of life ordering GoPuff, whether it's a mom who needs her diapers for or a baby products delivered or a pet owner needs pet food. And th- look, that's the deal, right? Like what, for decades now, you you don't want to go all the way to Walmart. You don't want to go all the way to HEB or whatever. You just want to walk in, get the one thing you need, and get yeah. out. Pet food, whatever. And you're willing to go into that 7-Eleven and pay and twice overpay. as much for yep. the Tylenol, twice as much for, you know, or in some cases three and four times as much, right, for yeah. whatever diapers, whatever it may be. You order from this place, you're paying the same fee, but it's delivered to your door, right? I. I remember once in my, you know, early adulthood, I was living still with my folks. And, um, you know, my dad's like, anything you want, you put it on the list. He goes to Costco, Sam's Club. It's his whole Saturday routine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, we're in dire need of Q-tips. He's like, well, you know, it's Monday. I'm not going back to the store till Saturday. I just walked into Walgreens, bought a small, it was 3 or $4. He's like, right. you realize, my, here's me doing my father's accent. Now. You know how much I pay? I buy big bucks. How much? You know I pay? <laughs> Four dollars. You buy small box. Four dollars. Who's stupid? You stupid. <laughs> and I agree with your father in this. Instance. Yeah. So well, uh, you know, but that's. I'm the allowed point. to do that accent, by the way. I'm brown. <laughs> you can't cancel me. But look here. I, I agree. That's why I think this is genius in the way that it's being marketed versus your Uber right. versus your other places that do very similar types of things that and allows them more leeway. It makes more sense. Now, the name in itself is dumb. It's yes. dumb. It has nothing to do with convenience store delivery or whatever and, it is. And, and my my feeling is in the future when they get acquired, because I don't think this business exists without an acquisition. Okay. I think CVS, but I doubt it's going to be CVS. My guess is going to be Walgreens. I'm making a prediction right. based on no information, based purely on I'm a genius. I continually predict where the market is going, uh, and I have a I got a 32 on my ACT. I have an IQ exceeding 140. I'm brilliant. I'm a soothsayer. I can see the future. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Because people uh, that claim that are that. Yes. But all right, always. Yeah. yeah, you can't tell me that I'm not. It's 2021. I could. It just wouldn't do any good. Yeah. You identify as a genius. Yes, I get it. I do. I, I identify as a billionaire, and the bank refuses to refer to me that way. <laughs> Those bigoted jerks. So, I think Walmart comes along and buys them, and I think they. I think there's a future where they take all the analytical data mm-hmm. from. All of the orders, and they say, listen, you guys are going to stock these 15 items. And I, I don't know how they they deliver right now with contract delivery of drivers. I presume they're not delivering in vans. 
they're going to have sprinter type vans. They're going to have the you know the Amazon Prime vans or whatever. And they're just going to have a stock of the the hottest selling twenty items. And they're just every morning they're going to go fill up at the at their distribution center or a Walgreens store, whatever. And those fifteen or twenty items are always going to be in stock. So the van drivers can they're going to because they're going to increase their bottom line by doing that. And they're just going to show up, and those fifteen to twenty items are going to get plopped on the on your doorstep. If places like GoPuff, Uber, Instacart, right, Postmates, right. these kind of places continue to exist, I think, and I think they will. Um, I think yes, I agree with you that acquisition is step two or three, right? Because yeah. to get access to an inventory like a Walgreens or whatever for one of these, Walgreens would make already everything has the- easy. Listen, Walgreens already Walgreens is their partner, right? As the, right. Walgreens coming in to buy them. The reason it's the most logical is Walgreens already has the distribution points where they can start dropping off their store. What well, locations, right? right? They're everywhere. Yeah, they can they can start dropping off a bunch of locations and substituting that with delivery. And I'm also going to make another bold and absolutely accurate prediction. Uber will start in the next 5 years splitting up and re- and selling off their, their operation because I just don't think they're ever going to find profitability in their current model. And I think Darkhars Rashawi, and I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly, um, even though I deal with foreign names all day, but I'm just saying I think they're going to get split up too. So this is episode uh, 21. 21 of Idiots versus Idiots. It's uh, going to come out on the 6th of April, 2021. And I'm just saying that in the next five years, we're going to see Uber getting broken up and sold off in parts and pieces because I simply don't. And I think Postmates will get spun off into its own thing because Uber Eats owns Postmates. I think right. that, I think that's the one or it's Grubhub, one of the two. I just don't think they continue to exist in the manner in which they do exist. But those, of course, are you know my opinions based on the fact that I'm <laughs> well, I think warehouse space will become a premium in the future. You and I have talked yeah, about, and actually, does. since we first talked about it, we actually come across that Walmart has since done, changed an entire Walmart to not a distribution center instead right. of actual walk-in Walmart. I think warehousing spaces, you see apps like this, and companies get into the app space, whether it's through acquisition or creating their own product, and right. then you add on top of that driverless cars, which... Yep. You know what I mean? Can I can just put all of this stuff in a car that's going to take it to this address, right, Correct. or whatever. Um, you you add those together, and now you're talking about warehouse space instead becomes a premium, right? Yes. Where this stuff – because, look, we already decide based on data – what a Walgreens carries in any given location that's is correct. data-driven already, right? Who lives in that area? That's why every Walgreens. What your Whole Foods carries, what your right. HEB carries, is all Walmart. Walmart's Walmart's you know um, logistical infrastructure is absolutely hands down the reason it's Walmart. Right. Well, even from a price standpoint, you can go right. to two different Walgr- Walmarts in Austin. East Austin Correct. go to a Walmart and Cedar Park can go to a Walmart. And the same item, even though yeah. they're 20 minutes apart, are different prices based Correct. on that data being driven. So you, all you're doing is adding an existing technology on top of an app and then starting to learn that. Like you said, what are those 15 items that I can charge a premium for that everybody's going to order? Right. Right. And I, I think you're going to see, even in an environment, and again, this is kind of a, a thought process, is 
I, I you're going to get into if you've ever been on a, a toll road. There's a toll road here in Austin on Mopac that they have what they call surge pricing, right. where if you drive on the toll road at two o'clock in the morning, it costs let's just say five dollars. If you drive on the toll road, well, whatever. But if you drive on the toll road though at five o'clock in the afternoon, it can be like fifteen dollars, right? right? Instead of a dollar fifty. You think that if they think that they could get away with it on an app like this, if you want it right. delivered to you at 11 o'clock at a night when there's hour, not a yeah. lot of drivers, it's more expensive than it would be at, you know what I mean, 5 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever it is. Right. I'm just saying you could probably get away with it. And if you could. Yeah, but at 11 o'clock, I'm already, you know, two cocktails deep. I'm paying whatever. We, we, we'll deal with the bills next year. We'll deal with the Amex bill when it shows up, and I ain't paying anyway. They already know That's that. Right. That's I, right. American Express keep t- keeps saying you're pre-approved. I don't know what data they're working on, but <laughs> they believe in me. Okay? Thanks. They believe in Which me. Which is so. a hard stance to come from, but go ahead. Right. Nonetheless, I think, you know, that kind of wraps up the way to say about GoPuff again. Hey, GoPuff, reach out to Danny from Idiots versus Idiots. He's going to help you not be called GoPuff anymore because the name doesn't right. make any sense. That's true. Speaking of names, I want to talk yes. about a brand that I own called Rise Relentless. Keep going up, people. All you got to do is keep going up. Rise Relentless is a brand that sells fun coffee mugs for entrepreneurs, the side hustlers, and everyone that dares to dream big. That is R-I-S-E-L-E-N-T-L-E-S-S dot com, Rise Relentless. Got a bunch of mugs up there. Um, I know Big Man has the exclusive mug, and um, well, Big Man has to have an exclusive mug because yeah. I am the Big Man with a cup that says "Too, too big, big to, to fail. fail." You know what I mean? With so that our is the exclusive lovely, mugs on there. So you know. that's right. Our mugs on a mug. <laughs> In this last story, uh, the Big Man actually suggested the initial story, and I have put the updated story because I told him you're wrong, man. <laughs> It ain't going to happen. It's full of garbage. You're dumb, dumb for even thinking it's going to happen. Tell you what. And I immediately told you that it didn't matter if it was. It's not, again, too close to April Fool's for it to be real. The point, though, is is it was great, great marketing. Great marketing. I don't think you would know what great marketing is if it was a shovel that hit you in the face. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so what we're talking about is, of course, Volkswagen, April Fool's Day prank. Danny says it flops. Volkswagen. The Danny says it's a flop. I think yes. it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Volkswagen, if you didn't see it, it started out with a tweet that came out and said, uh, what is it? What did it, it say? It said, we know 66 is an unusual age to change your name, but we've always been young at heart, introducing Volkswagen, V-O-L-T-S wagon, similar to Volkswagen, but with a renewed focus on electric driving. And they were basically effectively saying the over, the the um, holdings company, the Umbrella Corp, which is VW, which owns tons of brands. Right. In the United States, Bentley, Audi, um, Lamborghini. These are all Volkswagen, right? They're right. all owned by VW. And listen, the reason why I call it a flop is um, because it was dumb. It was a dumb idea because no, there's it's not dumb. I- they're marketing and elect their brand new electric car and calling yeah, I, it Volkswagen because that's the future of cars being electric cars. I look, 
there's a reason you and I are sitting here talking about it. Like, that's the whole point of any marketing is to get people to talk okay. about it. And the fact so, that we all knew it was fake, it was three or four days before April Fool's. Right. Come on, give me a break. So the I'm actually using a Car Scoops article which says, the company that hid the truth about diesel emissions also lied about Volkswagen. So I just, the reason I'm calling it a flop is simply because they are still in kind of a milieu, if you will, of, hey, remember when you guys lied about diesel emissions? Now, I, as a person of my specific ideology and beliefs, support them in lying about diesel emissions. Of course okay? you would. Where I'm the direct opposite, you shouldn't lie about something like that. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, true story, subsequent after their lie about uh, diesel emissions, I got my father to buy a Volkswagen because I wanted to support them. Of course you did. But look, I I, did. again... That it doesn't, none of that matters. This now, is not a I, lie. This now, is a marketing I, now, stunt. There is a difference. Now, yes, that's so. The reason it was a flop is because I think a lot of the media is like they're lying about it, and they spent too much time pretending like they were being serious. Whereas if they had action, so what they did wrong. Here's why it's a flop. They should have just come out on April first and not have said it any time before April first. Because if you had just waited till April 1st to say it, everyone like, oh, that's funny joke, blah, blah, blah. Right. In fact, it was like March 26th, 27th, and it wasn't until the 29th and 30th where they were like, just kidding, April Fool's. Here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I think. I think this was actually a sincere effort on Volkswagen's part, and they were actually going to do it. And the feedback was so sour, they're just like, you think the they were testing they, it? You think they were testing uh, it? Yes. You think, look, Honestly, I, I think they were doing that. I think that the reason they did it so close to April Fool's Day was so that they could just put it out there and be like, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's better ways to means test things than that. But look, I do think that was it was it pulled off great? Like, no, if they would have just tweeted it out and just left it, right, for yes. the four days, right? Correct. Like, just left it. And then come pinned, out April Fools and been like they should have they should have right? pinned the tweet and just left and then and then on April first not respond to anything on then April first quote tweet it and then say April Fools now I think the April Fools joke was a flop do I think that they should start putting a bolt wagon badge on their ID series duh. Well, uh, okay, uh, but again, uh. that to, see, to me, that is where they jacked up, because they kept, like you said, they kept releasing little tidbits of information like they were really going to do it. Like, okay, there's a badge. They're, yeah, we're going right. to not put Volkswagen on it. We're going to put, what is it, V something else. You know. Well, yeah. So they have Volkswagen recently did a little bit of a rebrand, brand, came out with a newer VW logo, which is just the old VW logo, but instead the W doesn't. Touch the bottom of the circle. Yeah, it goes with the same GM logo we talked about where they just so made dumb. The, it it's lowercase so instead of And they go with this light blue. They're all going with this light blue, like that's electricity, yes. right? Yeah. So they're all going no dark colors to light colors. No, 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 thank you. I'm uninterested. But that being said, this this I, I do think sincerely that they were just testing the waters to see what would happen if they did this. I don't think they should change the name of their American business to Volkswagen. That's stupid. We already pronounce it Volkswagen effectively. We yeah, we, we pronounce it that way anyway. Because we are not German. We are not Volkswagen Audi. We don't say stuff like that. Okay? Right. 
So I do think, though, instead Again, of... Again, I'm not the one doing the accents on this show, but go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you can email me. It's danny at upyoursclub.com. <laughs> and I, will, I have a boilerplate response which just says, up yours. Right. Right. This Go is America. Ahead. I'm going to make whatever jokes I want. This isn't communist Russia. You can't make me wear a hair shirt. So I, I think, though, from a, from a marketing perspective, a branding perspective, I think it's cute. I think that from the company that brought you the Beetle with the, with the uh, sunflower wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I, listen, 85% of all purchasing dollars 85 cents of all purchasing dollars are spent by women the united states of america is that a real the, stat or are you just that is a correct statistic by the way I, I, okay all right yeah. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna skeptically agree with you because i don't know that that to be a in that stat, in that but, true at your house though big man in that huh? true at your house is that well, not no, true it's at your 100% house 100 at my house okay. I, <laughs> that's what i'm saying so the eighty, the fifteen cents that the man is spending uh, statistically in, in a household in the United States, it's rare. Okay. Again, if you're disagreeing with this, email Danny at upcourseclub.com. Yep. That's correct. You can email me, and, and so I think that it's cute enough to appeal to the person who's making the buying decision, which is the ladies. I, I, I see. Now here's where, and again, I'm not female. I don't identify yeah. as female. I don't know anything. I didn't even remotely think about that, that it was That's, cute I'm just, in that way, that it in so any way relates have, to women I, at all. Yeah. So I have one sister, and I have, uh, well, I used to have a lot more female cousins. I'm down one now. May she rest in peace. But um, I've spent a lot of my summers with a lot of my lady cousins, and I kind of grasp what's going on up there. It's not a lot. But... uh. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's really funny because my younger female cousins all have various doctorate degrees that I don't like. You know, if you're all... about to make a statement that my best friend is black or my, my yeah, yeah, because yeah. I have female cousins, I believe yes, this, just don't. It's called mansplaining. Yeah, it's not going to go not. over well. If you just say don't. mansplaining one more time, just one more time <laughs> on this podcast, not this any episode in the future, I'm out. I quit. I will quit. Uh, so that's essentially what we do, right? Like that's yeah. Well, so, but what I'm saying though is, I do think that it will appeal to to the customer acquiring an electric car, which is not the same person buying any car. To that True. consumer, to that customer, Volkswagen actually works. So our, uh, you know, our advice to Volkswagen. And by the way, people, on this channel, this very channel, I do a solo podcast, which the big man has said, hey, you know, I'd love to come on and talk about X, Y, and Z. And I was like, yeah, you know, we have a booked, we're full, full, fully booked. <laughs> You're booked. You're an individual all by yourself podcast, Correct. but fully booked. Fully booked. Fully booked. I do Carspiracy on this, on this channel, and I talk about cars. So if you're somebody who's interested to hear more of my genius and correct opinions about cars, you can so check it out. I just I would try to sell. Just sell that you're talking about cars, and if you want to know about cars, yeah, tune into the podcast. Don't 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 put yourself in stuff. Like yeah, that. okay. Like uh, so, uh, look. One good thing that came from this Volkswagen, and yes, absolutely, uh, tune into Danny's Carspiracy. It's actually, yeah. believe it or not, beyond all belief, it's actually a really good show. Um, <laughs> I know for a fact you've never listened. You lying second garbage. 
<laughs> Here, the point is, is um, he just doesn't want me to listen because, you know, then I would, you know. Anyway, uh, here's the point is, the point is, one thing that actually came out of this marketing stunt that I think was probably brilliant and will probably stick around if they're smart is one of the quotes that came out of this was, we will build EVs for the millions, not just millionaires. They can take that and yeah. run with it for the next and, decade as a tagline yeah, and, and, and do really we, well. And as we know about Volkswagen... What it means in German, if you just kind of ignore the history of how they started as a company, just a tiny oops there, just a oopsie doopsie, yikes! But what are you going to do? Like you know, Subaru and uh, Mitsubishi are two companies that used to make these uh, planes that crashed into Pearl Harbor, and America still loves buying their cars. Well, exactly. Subarus, Mitsubishi's are dumb. Um, uh. That's just my opinion. I will do an episode about how I can fix them. So, but I think that tagline could do well. Yes, is all I'm so saying. So that I, I do think they're they're um, they they're called the people's car. That's what it means in German. So I do think that they have they have and they're actually like you know like I said I got my dad to buy one and he loves it right. So I my do only think issue with them is the technical part. Is every if you've ever worked on a Volkswagen, which I've worked on cars my whole life. If right. you've ever worked on a Volkswagen, you know that they don't use the same tools as everybody else. No, does. they use their own specialty deal, yeah. tools and screwdrivers right. and and nuts and bolts on them yeah. that are for every. There is a particular license plate bolt yep. screw that you have to have that you can't even buy in America. You got to go to yeah. Germany right. to have it shipped overseas so, to buy. Listen, I will just say this much. I didn't actually get my dad to buy one. I got him to lease one. So I'm a car guy. And this is not the car conspiracy podcast, but I'll just say this much. Volkswagens make great leases. They make better okay. leases than they make purchases. I'm just, that's just my opinion, but I'm saying I have a general concept of what a lease goes for right now. And if you want a midsize SUV like a Tiguan, you're not going to get a better deal than going to get a Volkswagen. Like I don't the, like working on them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't work on anything. Well, I don't work point, on anything anymore. But the I, whole I'm, point, my grandfather coming to this country was so I wouldn't have to work on things. Spoken like a true millennial. That's, spoken that's like right. a true my American. My grandfather did not work so hard so that I, I wasn't needed to work at all. That's that's, that's correct. Woohoo! That Danny, you are the essence of a millennial, my friend. Thank you so much. And of course, you know, as always, I like to give a piece of parting advice. If you have an old microwave in your home, make sure you hold on to it. Do not dispose of it. It is a great way to destroy hard drives and secure your data. For Danny, this is for Danny and the big man. This is Idiots versus Idiots. Episode uh, 21. At least one of us is an idiot. Yes, you are correct. We'll see you next time, folks. We're both idiots. Yes, yes, we are.